the whole economy of the world is, you know, thrives because of selling, right? Because people sell houses and people sell cars and people sell planes. Okay, now the, the impression that I have is that people don't look at sales as something good. The, the, that is why they shy away from it anyway, because if they will look at it, it will be something good. Everybody will be pushing into it to, to do sales. Now, why do we have that kind of mentality? Why do we have that kind of impression about sales? So first thing I tell people is you have to believe in your offer 100% or people, your prospect will actually talk you out of, out of selling what you're selling. the author of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehi Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. My name is Eric F. King. I am from Nigeria, uh, but I grew up in the United States. And I got into sales and I wanted to do something in marketing. Uh, so I got a job with Xerox, you know, uh, the copier company. And I thought that I would be put in marketing where I can do advertising or something like that. But then they put me in sales. And I didn't want to be in sales. I didn't want to be a salesman. I didn't even like salespeople. <laughs> but then I called my dad and told him about it said, because if you learn sales, you'll be able to use it in anything you do in life. And that's how I started my career in sales. That is so fantastic. If I didn't even know that you were from Nigeria, that is making it a little bit more interesting now. So where are you from in Nigeria? I am from Ekiti. Uh, uh, and, you know, when I left Nigeria, Ekiti was part of Ondo State. Now I believe it's a state. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. So don't ask me anything about the place. <laughs> 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 it's okay no problem no problem we try to put our lens here from. <laughs> yeah. I, i'm from edo state i'm from Urumi, so yeah, we're putting yeah. it there <laughs> okay I, I live in virginia now right outside of dc you live in virginia all right that's cool yeah. so yeah. um remind me did you grow up in a kitty state or you grew up actually in in the u.s so I lived in Nigeria for about seven years, six years. Oh, I went to high school. I went to high school in Nigeria. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I love it because I learned the culture. You know, the the food is an, an incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then uh, yeah, and then I came back into the states. So um, I would like to so, sort of ask you a few a few things again before we move into what you're doing, which is sales today. Because you work in a, a very important company in the U.S., which is Xerox. I see a lot of people that have worked in that company. It's a sort of you know, a pride to them. Eh? Anyway, yes. we'll come into that just now. Uh, so now you were seven when you got to the U.S., so then you have grown up more there. I was a teenager when I got to the U.S. I was 19. 
But I, I, lived, I, lived in Nigeria. I lived in Nigeria for my high school years, basically. Ah, okay, okay, like, okay, okay, okay. I get that. I get that. that. That's clear. That's clear. All right. So tell me about your early time in the U.S. When you first moved in, how was it like for you? I stayed with an uncle at first, and I had to, you know, I had to go to school and I had to work full time. So a lot of my friends that you know had a good time in college, going to parties and picnics and all of that, I didn't have time for that because <laughs> I I had to. I was always either working or in school. Um, but uh, but you know, it builds character. It builds character, and you become more responsible that way. So I have no regrets. That's good. That's lo that's lovely. I love that. I love that. All right. Now let's move into sales. That is what we are doing and we are, we're talking about today. And that is very important because I think um, the advice that your father gave to you is, of course, now you, you understand the importance of it. You can, you can love it again and again. No? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So uh, tell me, Eric, what should beginner know about uh, sales? Because that is going to be the centerpiece of our conversation today. Yes. So a beginner should know that there's nothing wrong with selling, right? Selling inherently is a good thing. The whole economy of the world is, you know, thrives because of selling, right? Because people sell houses and people sell cars and people sell planes. And that's what makes the economy go around. And we naturally sell. You know, if I tell you about a great restaurant, right? I tell you about a great movie and you go watch the movie. I sold you on watching the movie because I knew it would benefit you. So sales is good. Now, I always tell my clients, I said, if you go into a sales call and you're really, really, really nervous, it's because you are, you are thinking selfishly. If you're thinking selfishly, how much am I going to make? Will I get this sale? Can I pay my rent or my mortgage? Those are selfish thoughts. But if you're thinking, how can I make this person's life better? How can I leave them better off than I met them? There's no tension when you're helping somebody. If you meet someone on the street, they fall down, you help them, you help them get up, you're not nervous because you're helping them, right? If you give someone money, you're not nervous because you're helping them. But when you take, if, you, if, I, if I call you and I say, I need money, I need money, and, and I take from you, it's nervous, I'm nervous to call you because I'm taking from you, right? So that's the, the first thing I want people to think, that sales is service. There's nothing wrong with sales. And that's very interesting. So we are, we are starting it from the, from the right footing. <laughs> I can see that you're putting a lot of mindset there because sometimes it depends also how you, how you look at it. You know, some people think that uh, when you are in sales, uh, you are sort of buggy people, you are sort of disturbing people. But you're not disturbing people. You, you need to help people understand how to make their choices uh, because if you don't help them to make their choices, make the right choice, then they make the wrong choice, which means it's going to end bad for them. Uh, which means now that if you understand that you, you, you helping people in sales is helping them to make the right choice, then there is nothing to regret about that. It's a good thing. <laughs> At the beginning of my course, I tell people to promise that they're going to use what I teach them for good because what I, what I teach them is powerful. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Now, look at, uh, let, let's look back a bit about uh, your time when you were in, in Zeros. Um, what do you say you would have got it because you are no longer working with Zero Star, right? I have my own business for many years. Ah, okay. So, what would you say you have taken away from there that helped you to to be better today in your business? Okay. Well, first of all, for those of you that don't know, Xerox used to be the top company in the world for sales training. Okay. So, you know, when people talk about Apple and Google now, that's how people used to talk about Xerox in the 90s when I when I worked there. Is, you know, they, they, they do what they call consultative selling, 
right? Where you're, you're consulting people, you're helping people um, solve their problems, their business problems with our solutions, right? So that gave me the whole idea of what I call compassionate selling. Make the sale and, 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 and compete with Canon and all those people. It's about, you know, consulting people. So when they have an issue, right, they call you because they're like, okay, Eric, he's the guy that helps us. He's not the guy that sells us. Right. So I learned a lot about that mindset of consulting. Very successful at Xerox. So when I started, I wasn't really good at sales because I thought I had to be pushy or salesy. I, I, I met a guy named Brian. He was my mentor. And he taught me that, you know, you can help people. You can you can get to know them, to get to know their family. You can find out their problems and then you can sell. And in, and in 18 months, I was in the top 3% of the whole trips and getting the awards I'm making six figures in my 20s. Too much money at that age. Too much money. I spent it all. <laughs> I spent it all. But it, it gave me it gave me a, a superpower. It gave me a, a it gave me a skill that I've used for them my entire life. That I use to help to help other coaches now. That I use to help other entrepreneurs to level up their businesses. When you started, you you were saying something to the effect that um, people. Okay, now the, the pressure that I have is that people don't look at sales as something good. They, they, that is why they shy away from me anyway, because if they will look at it, it will be something good. Everybody will be pushing into it to, to do sales. Now, why do we have that kind of mentality? Why do we have that kind of impression about sales? Right? You, you, you walk into a mall and, you know, into a store and someone comes up to you. Can I help you? And you're thinking, okay, he wants to sell me. So you say, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm good. I'm, you know, just let me walk around, right? Uh, we have been pressured into something that we didn't want to buy, right? Um, the example I like to use is the car salesman, right? If you go to a car dealership, let's say it's you and you're, you know, you have you have a wife and you have you know two children or three children, right? Maybe uh, teenagers, and you want to go in and buy a vehicle big enough for the kids. And you walk in there and someone comes up to you and says, hey, welcome to our dealership. We have a special right now. We have a great car that you can yeah, you can drive and get a good deal. He takes you out and sells you a car, right, without asking you any questions. You take it home and your family sees the car and says, this is not even big enough for us. This is not what we talked about. This, this, this doesn't have the features we want. And then they say, you have been sold by that sales guy, right? That's the impression we have. But imagine you go to the same dealership. And the person that walks up to you says, hi, welcome to our dealership. What brings you in today? And then you say, well, I'm looking for a vehicle for my family. And they say, okay, so how big is your family? And they ask you, you know, how tall are your sons? Think about the same scenario where you walk into the dealership. The guy comes up to you, welcomes you and says, how can I help you today? And you say, you're looking for a vehicle for your family. And he, and he asks you questions like, um, how big do you want the vehicle to be? Are you looking for a compact vehicle, an SUV, or even a larger vehicle? After getting all that information, then he provides you with a couple options that have all the benefits and features you want. And then you get that perfect vehicle, and then you take it home, and your family loves it. They're like, wow, this is just like we talked about. It's big enough. It has the sunroof. It has the heated seats. It has the cooled seats. It has everything we wanted. And that's what this is what they say. The houses, you go into church and showing it off. And you're telling everybody, if you need a vehicle, go talk to my sales guy. He'll hook you up. 
That's <laughs> what it does, sells it. it does a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what sales reports do, right? Thank you so much for that. I, I, I really love that. Uh, now, I don't know if you want to say something more to the effort of, um, of mindset in say, what kind of mindset do you need to have to be able to be successful in selling? Because I can see that, that not everybody is successful, uh, at least from your explanation, also from our common understanding in sales. Yes. So mindset is important. I have a coaching program and my first two weeks of six weeks is mindset. And people say, well, why do I need mindset? You need mindset because I can teach you all the skills, but if you don't believe in yourself, you won't talk to anybody. If you don't believe in your offer, you can't sell it, right? And if they come up with some kind of objection that, you know, it's too expensive or I need to talk to my spouse or whatever it is, you won't even know what to do because you just fall apart because you don't believe, right? So you have to have the belief. You have to have the mindset and even when you meet, before you meet, like I, I, I do a whole section on what to do before the sales call, right? You don't just walk into a sales call and say, hi, my name is Eric. Let me talk about, no, you have to prepare your mind. You have to be at a peak state, right? If you have problems in your life, this is not the time to worry about those problems, right? You know, you have to be at a peak state. You have to be enthusiastic, right? People don't, you, you can't come up to you, someone and say, yeah, so would you like to buy my product today? They not, no, I don't. <laughs> because I, you, you're not excited about it. Yeah, you know, if you're not, you know what I mean? So, so you know, some people have to listen to music before they before they actually mindset is the foundation of sales. You have to you have to be you have to believe. And also, people follow leaders, right? And, and a leader, when I say a leader, not necessarily leading people, but leading themselves. Well, there's another component to it also, which mm -hmm. is a money mind, which is money mindset. Okay. Um, and, and money mindset is this. Some people don't actually believe they're worthy of making a lot of money. And, you know, people always talk about the fear of failure. There's also the fear of success. You know, I, I had a client came to me. She said that she she cannot she can never make more than 50,000 a year. And she was in an industry where people make multiple six figures a year. So I was wondering What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. So, so when I talked, to, when I found out more about her background, she told me her her mother and father never made up the fifty thousand. She never had an uncle or aunt. Nobody around her has ever made fifty thousand. So in her head, she convinced herself that she comes from a family of fifty thousand or less people. And um, you know, and uh, so when I got her to change her mindset, in the next six months, she made over a hundred thousand dollars with her business. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah. And mindset is so important because I have to switch that before I can teach your sales skills. Because if you if, if you have that in your mind, you will sabotage your own success. You know, at the, you know when you get to October, November, if you're at forty thousand, you'll you'll take your leg off the the pedal a little bit and just cruise a little bit so you don't make more than fifty. <laughs> because in sales, there's an unlimited, right? So yeah, now she's doing very well. Rational curse of her family. Because she believed that she can do more. And um, that's why mindset is so important. Your job is so good. It's so good. You are, you are happy people. That, that is what that is the best job in the world. When, when your job is happy people to, to become better. Because why would such a person never continue to bless you? She will continue to bless you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, my, my son. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Now, 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 tell me about your, your training program for sales. How do you 
Uh, where, where do you start? Tell me about the, the strategy, how you move people from not believing in themselves, the ability to sell more, uh, of not having, uh, looking at sales as something positive to looking at it as something positive. I think I've been able to sell more. How do, tell me about the process. Yeah, so in my coaching program, it's a six-week coaching program. And I start with the mindset, like, like I said. And then once we, after the mindset, then I, I tell the, teach them the, the, um, the framework of selling, right? So first of all, you have to sell yourself. So you have to believe. And because of that, it shows when they're speaking to people, right? So first thing I tell people is you have to believe in your offer 100%. Or people, your prospect will actually talk you out of, out of selling what you're selling. <laughs> and, you know, they'll talk you out of it, right? So then once you believe in the process, if, if you are selling, if you're selling your offer and you're not asking questions, then you're not helping people. Bottom line. If you're, if you're, if you walk up to people and say, oh, yeah, you need this. And then you tell them all these benefits, all these. So I teach them, I call it Eric's magic questions that you ask to find out what people really want. And then once you find out what people really want, then you provide them with your offer, but you have to tailor it specifically to what they want. And that's when you will see people wanting to buy. Your, 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 your sales rate will triple. Right? That's why I tell people I help entrepreneurs triple their sales rate uh, and boost their income without being pushy or salesy because it will triple because people will want it so bad. Just like you said, what I do helps people, you, everybody should be able to say that, right? If you go on my site, Success with Eric, you'll see all these testimonials of people, right? These are, these are real people that have been in my, in my program because they get a transformation that they can't wait to share it with other people. And, and what you are doing seems to sort of relate to what we are doing, which is about storytelling. And we want people to be able to leverage storytelling in what they are doing, because if you are going to be able to connect to a human being at the level of emotion, because that is actually where the thing happened. Uh, if you are going, somebody yesterday actually was asking me, how do you use story in business? Uh, what kind of story are you going to use in business? <laughs> well, story is actually what you need to use in business in every part of your business if you are dealing with human being because how can you just pick up an iphone and tell person and say and say and tell yourself you want to say this to a human being how do you intend to do that if you take away the story in it the person will look at iphone you probably might not even see the value in it but if you can tell story then the the game changes automatically so i'm trying to understand yeah. from you eric uh, how do you use storytelling or what role does storytelling play in your job as a, as a sales trainer? A huge role. I'm actually writing a book on storytelling. <laughs> lovely, that's how lovely. That's, <laughs> yes, that's how huge. I, I, I do a whole training series on storytelling. Now, story stories are emotional. People buy off emotion and not logic. A lot of times we justify our purchase on logic, but we really buy off emotion. We buy on how it makes us feel, how it makes us feel. Sometimes we, one thing about stories is stories are relatable, right? When you share a story and people can relate to it, they're more likely to buy. I have a client and her, her niche, because I always tell people you have to have a niche. Her niche is, she teaches people 50 years and over how to do videos and create a YouTube channel and monetize their videos online, but they have to be over 50. So I asked her, I said, wait, I said, that must be challenging because a lot of people that I know over 50 don't feel they should even be online. They don't feel that, you know, they grew up in a generation of social media 
So they don't want to do videos. So how do you do that? And she said, Eric, it's easier than you think. What I do is I pull up YouTube and I show them all the people I have trained. I say, yeah, you see here, that lady, she's 16. Wow, I'm only 53. I can do this. Stories are relatable, right? So people can relate. And then that's why they're interested in doing it, right? So that's one thing. Another thing about stories is stories are indisputable. So if I came to you and I said, you know, um, I'm in the health and wellness space and I have all these uh, uh, vitamins and shakes and all these uh, products that can help you lose weight. And you tell me how much weight you want to lose. I thought, oh, this would be perfect. Tell you all about it. And then you tell me that. I met with a guy yesterday and he had similar products, but I think his is better than yours. And then I said, well, no, I don't think it's better. And we're going back and forth arguing. <laughs> Never argue with the prospect. We're going back and forth arguing. All I needed to do was to give them a story. Instead of telling them all the ingredients, remind me of Kim. Yeah, I worked with Kim and she had similar goals to with you. And um, she was able to lose 30 pounds in four months using our products. And this is what she did. And now she had more energy. She, she, she was pre-diabetic before, now she's not. And now she is able to play with her kids and her grandkids without getting tired. Yeah, so I would, rec I would recommend this, this uh, product to you. So, 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 and, and you can't dispute my story. You can't argue about the story. You see, so, so that's another thing I love about stories. They're indisputable. Thank you so much for that. And also the person that is listening to you, of course, she or he is a human being. And because you are talking of story of other human beings, there is no way you are not going to relate because uh, who does he have a grandfather? Who have he have a child? Who have he have a brother or a sister? Who have he have difficulty? Who have he have joy? Who have he laugh? Who have he cry? Who have he have somebody died in the family? Uh, all these are the emotions that we listen into story. And by the time we begin to touch it one point after the other, it is natural that people will relate. It is natural. It is just natural. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you, maybe uh, a client come that you want to work with uh, and this person, this individual, do not um, uh, know where to start from? I'm, I'm trying to understand, how do you help them to fine tune that? How do you help them to discover this potential that they have so that they can be successful? Because like you were saying before, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't know that you can do it, if you don't know that you can earn more than what, what you are earning, then you will not shoot for it. And until you shoot for it, because these things... They don't happen by magic. They are usually the result after you have put in the work. So help me understand how you will approach that to help the individual understand uh, the potential they have in order to be successful in this space. Okay. So one thing I do is I, I like to um, find out more about them. Because like I said, you always have to ask questions, right? So I find out more about that. I find out what their strengths are. And then I, I, I find, I let them apply their strengths to the process of sales because everybody has strengths. So I had a client once who, um, she's actually a doctor, uh, you know, a, a physician, and she is, sells a weight loss product. And she said, Eric, I've never sold before. Like, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. So I, I, I found out about her background and I found out that she is an introvert, so she doesn't. She, she's not an extrovert, right? You know, aside from being a dog, she's pretty shy. And I said to her, "That's a superpower to be an introvert." She said, "Really? How?" I said, "When you're an introvert, you spend more time 
asking questions and getting to know your your prospect. And with that, you're able to provide them with something they really need. But an extrovert that just wants to talk, 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 they don't listen enough. They don't listen enough. And, they don't, and, and, and if you don't listen, you won't know what to provide. Aside from that, there are people that will much rather buy from someone that's an introvert, someone that speaks on a soft-spoken, that doesn't speak too fast. They'll much rather buy from you than the guy who is the, you know, the best salesperson out there and he's, he's loud, he's boisterous, he's confident. And they're like, mm, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to buy from it. You see, so, so I, I, I got her to realize that what she has, she already has what she needs to sell. Now we just need to fine tune her skills. And she became very successful. She was quick to to send me a recommendation and send me a video, a testimony because she just said, "Wow, I, I transformed her business." So, so that's the thing. I, I everybody has a superpower. Everybody has something they're good at. I take what they're good at and apply it to the sales process. And that's how they become successful in sales. All right, now, what if somebody tell you, where it, ca it cannot work for me, I cannot sell, I just cannot do it. All right, where actually I'm going from here is that, have you ever worked with a client who is just not savable, who is just cannot work for, <laughs> maybe you try all your trick, it didn't, it didn't work, and you say, okay, I, I've, I've given up. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the deal. I, um, Believe it or not, I don't accept everybody into my program, right? So some people, they've if they convince themselves that they're not savable, then I probably won't even allow them in the program. Why? Is because you know you can lead a horse to water, you can't eat it, you can't make it drink, right? Um, you know, there's a saying I say that um, you know some people will not participate in their own rescue, right? Someone is drowning, and you say here. Take the stick. Grandma's like, no, 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 you know, I just, I can't. Well, I can save you. Grab the stick. I can't. What am I going to do, right? So although selling is a learned skill and I'm confident I can teach people how to do it, if they don't believe and they don't want to learn, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because I have, we do role play sessions. Literally role play where we go, we go over your offer, where you're selling me and I'm telling you what to say, what not to say, right? We, where I'm giving you objections and you're, go, you're overcoming the objections, right? We're doing role play sessions. And then we also, I also give you homework every, every, every class. I give you homework. Now, some people won't do the homework and won't show up for the role play days. <laughs> and I, I can't help you. I can't help you, right? If you can't, if you don't do that, right? So, I mean, you bring up a good point. You know, some people say, well, so what's your success rate? It's very high for people that actually do what I tell them to do, right? You know, it's probably the 80s and 90s for people that actually do everything I recommend. But for people that don't do anything, then there's no success. I mean, there's not magic. I think you said it. It's not magic, right? And then, then there's no success. You know, you, you have to do it. You have to practice. Um, it takes work on your end, on the prospects end to be successful. So that's why mindset is so important. It, they are not savable if they have convinced themselves that it's not going to work. It doesn't. And, and, and if I find that out, I won't take your money. I won't let you come into the program because it's not going to help me or it's not going to help you. Uh, you'll, you'll be frustrated and you, and because you're not willing to do it anyway, you know? So 
So I hope you know that answers your question. Absolutely, absolutely, it is fine. So I'm training a small group of, of people in the company right now about podcasting, you know, uh, because the owner of the company said, okay, now we, we like your podcast, it's come and train our team so that we can also start the podcasting, uh, podcast. Well, that's a good thing. I, I, I would be lovely, I, I, would, I would love to do that. So uh, every, every uh, time after I finish the training, I tell them, hey, I've given you this assignment, but listen, I'm not going to pressurize you to do it. I believe you are an adult, you are mature. If you know what why you are here, then go home and do the assignment. I'm not going to force you uh, because I, I have learned online. Uh, when I came to Italy, I actually had some difficulty in that I was illegal here in, the, in Italy, which means I couldn't go to school because I had the intention of going to school and working. Of course, you, you might know a bit about this, uh, the, how the immigration situation can be really hard on us sometimes. No? So for several years, I could not study, I couldn't work, so it was really sort of hard for me. So a guy suggested to me, hey, you can go online to learn if you want to. I said, really? <laughs> I jumped on it immediately. So I enrolled with London School of Journalism, uh, which I did. So uh, what, I, what I'm saying by that is that I never really met a teacher. I never, I never met a lecturer. I never have a video to even watch. All we have to do was to read test. I read it, they send my own uh, uh, exercises to them, they correct it and send it back to me. So it's on me. Nobody's going to tell me, hey, do it. It is on me if I want to. So I believe that that is really very important that if we want to improve ourselves, if we want to be rescued, we must be strongly more than the person that is going to rescue us. Because if we refuse to participate, we are going to perish. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I now, love, and I commend you on what you did. You are a success story. People should emulate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Now, Eric, you are preaching a gospel of helping people to uh, triple their sales. Uh, and that is a very good one. In fact, that is actually what attracted my attention to you the first time when I, I look at your LinkedIn uh, profile. I say, this is, this is a good story. Now, how do you do that? Somebody that is listening to us now, listening to uh, your explanation is, is wondering, how do I do that? I want to do that. Tell them something. How can they do it? Or how do you do it? Yes. Well, the reason why I didn't just uh, think of that number and throw it on the website, it's based on my results of my clients, right? If you have an offer and you are not good at sales, you don't know what to do, you just wing it. I call it wing it. You're winging it uh, for all your appointments. Um, let's say you sell one out of 10. One out of 10 people say, yeah, I'll buy it. I'll buy what you have, one out of 10. Now, if you go through my, my coaching program and I teach you what to do before each call, I help you with your mindset. I teach you how to control the call so you know what to say in the call to control the call so the call doesn't run away from you. Okay, that's a whole lesson. I teach you what questions to answer and I teach you you how to overcome objections and we go over all the role plays, right? So I teach you all of this. Now you become confident and you are able to, you you know what to do in the sales call. And because of that, now you start selling five out of 10. You have an offer that's $1,000. You're you're meeting 10 people a month. You're making $1,000 a month. Now you're selling five out of 10. You're making 5,000 a month. That's more than triple right there. So let's say you don't do five, you do four. You still triple, right? So 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 that's the thing. So the, now, now that you're doing five, four or five out of 10, 
you're making, let's just say 4,000 a month, every month. So you're adding 3,000 a month to your revenue. 3,000 times 10 is 30,000. That's what? 36,000 extra coming into your bank account every month because you took the program and you learned how to sell. Right? Some people tell me, they're like, wow, Eric, you know, your, your approach program is gold because I've been selling this for 20 years and I didn't know anything about what you said. I have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I said, yeah, I said the number one expense in business is lost sales. People don't know how much they're losing every month because they don't have the sales skills. They're just winging it and just hoping for the best in every appointment. Thank you for that. So that is how to increase your sales. I think people are paying attention. And of course, those who want to learn more, they should better reach up to you or they are going to, be, they are going to continue losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you didn't make mention of something important uh, that I often hear in sales, which is objection. How do you manage it? How do you leverage it uh, to get better results in your sales? So first of all, you have to change your mindset concerning objections. Objections is a good thing, not a bad thing. Objections tell you where your prospect's mind is. It tells you what their concern is. If, 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 if I, let's say I'm selling insurance, right? And I'm talking to you about how you need insurance for your family and God forbid anything happens to you, your wife will be taking care of your children, they'll, they'll pay off your children's school fees, your house will be paid off. And I'm getting into all of this with you, okay? And you say something like, oh, that's great, but you know, I have to talk to my, I have to talk to my wife about it. Now, by telling, by giving me that objection, now I realize that your wife has a, a role to play in this decision. She's a she's part of the decision-making process. If you don't tell me that and you just say, I have to think about it, I don't know what to do. Right. So now you say, OK, my wife and I just talk to her. Now, here's what I'll, I'll say to you, because this is such this is so important for you and your family. Would you agree that this decision is important for you and your family? You're going to say yes. I'm going to say in that case, we need your wife to join us. Is she there? Can you call her? Because I want her to know what we're doing here. Right now, that shows empathy on my part that I care that I don't just want to make a sale without this, this lady she's, he's talking about. I want her to be a part of it. And literally, if she's not there, I'm willing to set an appointment for the next day and do it all over again because I want her to be a part of the decision-making process. So, so, but again, if you never told me, I don't know. When I, you know, you know a lot of salespeople, you know, they, they're trying to avoid objections, right? But if I avoided that objection, and you said, I have to think about it. And I called you in a month. What do you think? I have to think about it. Call you again. What do you think? Not knowing that it's the wife I need to talk to. She needs to know. She, she, she's making, either making the decision or a big part of the decision-making process. So objections are, are no more than opportunities for you to realize what your prospects needs to know, what answers, what questions they have, and you help them answer the question. And through your leadership, you are able to still have them buy your offer if it benefits them. That's great. All right, now, Eric, as a person, as a salesperson, what do you really like about the process of sales? What would make you happy about it? Apart from the money, of course. The, uh, it's the transformation. It's the transfer. So if I was selling jeans, I probably won't get too excited about sales, right? Because jeans is jeans, right? 
But because of what I do is transformational, it transforms people's lives. It changes their lifestyle. It, it gives them confidence they never had. I love it. I, I just, like, I love it. I, I can do it in my sleep, right? People say, well, you're a workaholic. You're always working. What I do is not work. It's fun. It's fun to help people all day. I, I do a call every morning, you know, at 7 a.m. And people say, well, you don't have to wake up. Why do you do this? Because I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy making an impact, right? So, yeah. So, you know, you have to love what you do. If you don't, don't do it. Now, I understand some people need a job to, to pay the bills. I get it. But if you don't like it, find something that is not as bad and then build something on the side that you love. So you're excited to wake up in the morning. <laughs> because the last thing you want is to, you know, 20 years from now to say, yeah, I've had a miserable 20 years, but I hate my job. That's, there's no excuse for that. You could have done something on the side to, to, uh, that you enjoy. Absolutely. That is why. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. We can't simply blame it on the employer. We can't simply blame it on the company because the company that you were working for, they didn't put any chain on your neck. Yes. They were paying you salary. Yes. You, you can't say, oh, after I've worked for them for 20 years, oh, come on. You better, you better reframe that. After they have been paying you for 20 years. So yeah. now the question, instead of blaming it on them, blame it on yourself. What did I do with all that money? <laughs> take take one hundred percent responsibility of your actions. I that I learned that in my twenties and it changed my life. But I used to blame everybody, everybody, including the president of the country. <laughs> yeah, you know, I blame everybody, right? But but if you if you if you take if you take responsibility, then you give yourself hundred percent of power to do what you want to do. If you blame, you've given away the power. You can't change. I'll give you an example. So I have three sons, and they're all athletes. Okay, they're they're, they're good at school, but they you know really excel in athletics. And I I uh, I'm on the soccer field like four times a week, right? I coach one of my sons, and then I one of them does um, taekwondo. So I'm always either taking them or something. So and it requires a lot of money, right, to pay for the travel teams. I mean, it's a lot of money, right? Now I could say that I'm not, be, I'm not able to succeed at my business because of my sons. They take, they take up too much time and too much money. That would be given an excuse. And as long as I have sons, that excuse will be valid and I'll never be successful. But instead I say, because I have sons that require my money and they require my time, I have to build my business big enough so I never have to have an employer and I have the time freedom to help them in their in their um, athletics, right? So it's a different mindset. Either I make the excuse not to do it, or then or I have the reason to do it. The same story, just change it. <laughs> it's, it's a story. It's a story. Yeah, change your story. Yeah, that's lovely. I love that. I love that. All right, now Eric, say um, you are in front of a prospect, the, the the person that you are going to sell to, you are going to sell on a on a product. Where do you start from? We're looking at a pure beginner who do not know the steps, no? Where, where do you start from? Help us to understand that. You, you, well, first of all, let me tell you where not to start because people get this wrong. And never start by just jumping into a sale. I hear people say that all the time. Hi, Eric, let's just jump right in. Let me talk about my product. Don't do that because then you're making it a transaction. Then they're going to compare you to all the other salespeople. You always start with building rapport, getting to know them, getting to know where they're from, 
getting to know about their family. You know, it, you know, if you're if you're even meeting on Zoom and you see a picture in their background, ask about the picture. The dog goes by, oh, what kind of dog is that? Right? Get to know them because people buy from people they know, like, and trust. People get to know, like, and trust you when you can say something that's relatable, right? Let's say I've been in Italy before. I haven't, but actually, actually, I, I have, but I didn't live there. I just, I just, uh, I was on Alitalia. That's the, so I, I, I landed there. So let's say I had that in common with you, and we talk about that. Now you're getting to like me, even though you don't know it. Like Eric and I have something in common. We've both been, you know, Italy, right? So, so you always start with building rapport. Right, getting to know somebody, getting to know about them, laughing a little bit, you know, you know. And then when you're done with the rapport building, then you want to set the agenda of the meeting, right? Set the agenda. And we call that taking control of the of the meeting, right? You want to set the agenda. So uh, it would go something like this. So um, yeah, so today we're meeting for about 30 minutes, and I'm gonna start by asking you some questions just to get to know more about you or your business. Okay. And then afterwards, um, you can ask me, you know, any questions you want about what I have. And if you qualify for our offer, then I'll tell you more about it. Okay. And then, and then you can make a decision whether you want to buy or not. Fair enough. So what I just did is I told them that we're not going to be here for three hours. It's 30 minutes. I told them, I asked permission to ask them questions because I told them I'm going to ask questions, right? I also told them that my offer is not for everybody, but if you qualify, I'll share with you. So you know I'm not here to just sell you because it may not even be for you, right? So it takes the edge off. And then I tell you that I'm, you're, you can ask questions and you're, you're happy with that, that I'm going to ask and going to listen to the questions. And then this is key. I said that you can buy or not. I give you an out. Most salespeople never give an out. They just say, hey, man, this is awesome. This will help you. This will help your family. You need to get it, man. You need to get it. And, and people are like this. <laughs> Close. I don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't want it. You know what I mean? But I give people an You always give people an out. This may be for you. It may not be. You may or may not be interested. Give an out. When you give someone an out, your chances of the sale has dramatically increased because now they feel more comfortable listening to what you have to say. They're thinking, well, maybe I need this, right? I mean, I, I, um, I have a mastermind that I, I run, a mastermind of uh, highly successful entrepreneurs. And when I meet with someone, because I interview people for this mastermind, I tell them, I said, uh, I say, um, this may not be for you. I'm not sure. And you know what? They try and prove to me that it's for them. They try and prove like almost every person tries to prove to me that it's for them. They don't even know the price. They don't know how much it is. But because I said, this may not be for you, they want to prove that it is. Now, if I got on the call and I said, oh, you'd be perfect. You'd be perfect. You need to get in. You need to get in. They start to get scared. It's like, why does they want me in so bad? Right? So you always have to give people an out. You give people an out, your chances of sale goes way up. Thank you for all the re response and of course all the sharing and your experiences is really valuable here. Now the people that have listened to you to this point, they want to connect with you. How can they reach you? I take this moment of course to share with them how to reach you. 
Sure, sure. Well, so my my website is successwithEric.com. Success with Eric. Eric is with a C. Successwitheric.com. So if you want to actually uh, meet with me and you're thinking about joining my coaching program, go on successwitheric.com, click on work with me, work with me. There you'll be able to set an appointment on my calendar and you'll see you'll see a lot of other uh, folks that have worked with me in the past. You'll be able to hear their experiences. Now, another thing I do want to say is I have an event coming up um, on September 20th. I don't know, you know about the recording of this, but on September 20th, um, at, at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, I have a special event called Sell with Confidence. Okay, it's a special masterclass. I'm going to be uh, actually doing this in a studio. It's a big studio uh, in North Carolina, so I'm going to fly over there. And the reason why you should be at this event is because I'm taping a course, right? So people that will actually get the tape are going to buy the course. But for you, you get to be part of the audience for free. All right. So you go to successwitheric.com forward slash summit, successwitheric.com forward slash summit, and you'll be able to register right now for the event. It's absolutely free. All we ask is that you show up and you put your camera on. So because, again, it's, it's these are life size screens. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so there are two ways you can you can connect with me, either come to the event or set an appointment to meet with me personally. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm on social media, by the way. I'm Eric F. King on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on, I'm on TikTok. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I like, I like, I'm, on, I'm on enough. I can't do the Twitter thing, but I'm on enough. <laughs> yeah, don't tweet it yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't tweet yet. I haven't, I haven't done my first tweet yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that, Eric. Uh, so we have talked about how to increase your sales for businesses today in this conversation. And of course, we appreciate your sharing. We, we are they're highly valuable for us. Now, to conclude the conversation, what would be your final thought here? Maybe that is something you wanted to say I did not ask you or a thought that come to your mind to leave the people with. Please go ahead and do that. Well, well, you did ask a lot of questions and I shared a lot. But first of all, I just want everybody on this line to know whoever you are, whatever you do, you can get good at sales and you can use sales to literally transform your life, right? Um, and, and instead of thinking about, well, I can't do this and I, I can't do that, think about the people that are counting on you. Don't do it for you. Do it for people that are counting on you. Like I said, do it for your kids, do it for your spouse, do it for your, your grandkids, do it for the, you know, the person you wanna help. Learn how to sell your offer to become more profitable in your life and be able to give back to other people, right? A lot of what I do is giving back because when you make enough, you have extra, you can give back. So again, learn learn how to sell so you can become more profitable in whatever you do and then give back when you're making more than enough. That is, that is great. Learn so that you can serve. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that, Eric. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure listening to you. Likewise. And you I love you. your podcast. You do a great job. Um, everybody, make sure you keep listening because you know, he does, does an incredible job. And, and that's why I invite you to my events and my audio rooms and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Overhead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.